0: Hey guys, this is Ernest James, host of the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast, and I got a question to ask you. Could you buy me a cheeseburger? Better yet, could you buy me a value meal? Yes? Well, guess what? I don't need a value meal. However, for the cost of a value meal, you can support this podcast to keep us on the air. Just go to Patreon slash Deal to Heal podcast and choose any one of the three tiers that's available. And if you just want to make a one-time donation, go to Cash App. And make a donation to dollar sign E. James, the number 418. Make a one-time donation to the Cash App. Or again, go to Patreon to support this podcast and keep us on the air. Thanks in advance. Be blessed. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. I am your host, Ernest James, a.k.a. Friends of Fatherless Daughters on Instagram. And I believe that everyone can live a life that is whole, healthy, and happy. And therefore, I'm on a mission to help us to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with our problems, heal from the pain, and fulfill our purpose. So I want to thank you guys for tuning in. This is episode season 2, episode number 22. And again, we are here today with another guest that has came on. At this time, I would like to uh Joe to introduce himself. Joe, how you doing?
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm, I'm honored to be here and I'm looking forward to our conversation. No
0: problem. No problem. So Joe, just for our listeners real quick, uh give us a a uh just introduce yourself of who you are and what it is exactly that you do.
1: Sure. Um, so my name is Joel W. Hallbaker and I, (laughs) I do a lot. Um, by day I'm a, a high school history and Bible teacher and a soccer coach. Uh, I'm also a divorced and remarried father of two now teenage daughters. That makes me feel very old to say. and um, <laughs> i I grew up in a blended family and i'm in i'm I'm in a blended family now. I'm like I said, I'm divorced and remarried, uh, divorced about eleven years ago, been remarried for um, about seven and a half years now. And so, Outside of my schoolwork, what I do is I travel around the country and I do uh, presentations at conferences and churches and different leadership events or whatever, specifically focused on helping blended families try to live more cooperatively and uh, and peacefully together. So I've worked with a number of different Head Start groups, um, working with training their Head Start workers, whether it's the teachers or the administrators, uh, because a large part, for those of you familiar with Head Start, you know, a large part of what Head Start does is they work with lower income families. And the Mm -hmm. percentage of those families that are blended is tremendously high. And so a lot of times they bring me in to do events to train some of their staff with, okay, how do we help those kinds of families from our Head Start center. Um so this past summer I was in Oregon one weekend, I was in New Orleans another weekend. I've done a couple of different virtual presentations for for Head Start organizations in different states. And I love working with them cuz they've always treated me really well, but also like if you're going to work with young people like that, you you're normally going to have a good heart. I don't know a lot of people that are just awful people that love to work with little kids. Um, and so I, I enjoy working with those kind of organizations. But that's a large part of what I do. I've also got my own podcast. Um, it's called the 10 CBF that stands for 10 commandments for blended families. That's the core oh, wow. teaching. Yeah, that's, that's the core teaching of what I do. That's something I put together a few years ago. And um, and so that's where I do a lot of my help as well is just interviewing people kind of like what we're doing here and and encouraging blended families on, OK, wherever you are. How can we get you to a little bit better place and how can we keep that momentum moving forward to try to help your family? So, um, you know, that's what I do is I try to bring my lifetime of experience and years of research uh, in order to try to help other people avoid the mistakes that I've made and therefore be able to help their family without having to. I've got a good buddy named John Finch. Um, he's the creator of something called the Encouraging Dads Project or the Father Effect. He always says, you know, what we wanna do is we've already, we wanna learn from other people who have already paid the dumb tax, right? Mm-hmm. They've already screwed up. So how can right, we learn right. from them instead of us having to pay the same dumb tax, right? That's what I wanna right. do with blended families.
0: Oh, wow, wow. Okay, well, I'm, man, that's... First of all, before we, before we go any further, one of the things that I love to ask, especially girl dads, because I'm a girl dad myself and mm-hmm. a girl dad of a teenage daughter. My baby just made 18 last year, so, <laughs> which is a whole nother thing. But right. so whenever I have a girl dad on, mm-hmm. I always ask two questions. Number okay. one, what has your experience of being a girl dad been? How has that been? And then number okay. two, tell me something that your daughter has taught you that has changed you for the better.
1: Okay. Those are good questions. Um, So the first one, my experience as a girl dad has been humbling. Um, When my kids, so when my older daughter was born, she's 17, she'll be 18 in May. Mm -hmm. And uh, when she was born, I had just gotten my college degree three weeks earlier. So my entire senior year of college was I had a a wife who was now pregnant and I was also a full-time college student and was working a full-time job because I had a wife to support. And so three weeks after I got my diploma, my older daughter was born. And I thought, because I'd read a bunch of books about fatherhood and parenting and being a husband, and I thought I knew what I was doing because I was 21 (laughs) years old and you know arrogant and and full of myself. And what I learned is that even the little I thought I knew, I was probably wrong about. Um, I just, I wasn't prepared to be a father, and I didn't know it and I wasn't prepared specifically to be a father of daughters because I didn't know anything about women or females of any age. And, um, you know, that was 17 and a half years ago. I'm not sure how much more I know women, but I definitely know a lot more about parenting than I did 17 or 18 years. My my superpower actually, if you ask my wife or my ex-wife or my kids, my superpower is the ability to unintentionally upset women of all ages. I'm just, I'm really good at foot and mouth disease. Like where you just, you say something you think is completely innocent or worse. Right. You think it's funny and it's actually just hurtful. Like I'm really good at that. Um, and so that's, that's not, that's not something that's a, something that I'm, I'm happy about, but you know, you learn to deal with it. You get real good at apologizing and asking forgiveness. So that's been right. good. Um, you know, it's something that I've learned from, from both. Cause I've got two daughters again, older one 17, younger one by the time this episode comes out, by the time you guys are listening to this, my, my younger one will be 15. So I have two Mm. teenage driving daughters. Wow, Um, And yeah, that's a little terrifying Um, (laughs) just because I teach high school kids. They're a bunch of idiots on the road. Even if my kids are good drivers, that doesn't mean the, the big old pickup truck driving high school boys that I teach are going to be safe on the roads. It just terrifies me anyway. um, One of the things they've taught me um, is how to be, more gentle. Because I really wanted sons because I thought I knew how to raise them because I am a boy and my dad raised me and I love my dad. And so I thought, okay, well, sons I can handle. I had literally no idea what to do with daughters. And so I had to learn how to do the things that interested them. So I got good at having tea parties and painting Mm -hmm. fingernails and I can braid hair three different ways. And mm. I once uh, spent a few weeks at a um, I was actually helping teach a Duke tip class uh, over the summer when my girls were little. So I was gone for about three weeks. And so I spent part of those three weeks learning how to salsa dance so that when I came home, I could teach my daughters how to dance mm. with their dad. Right. Or how to dance a little bit. At, now, first of all, I'm terrible at dancing of any kind, especially <laughs> salsa dancing. But when your kids are like five and seven, they don't know that they just want to dance with daddy when the music's on. Right. So they didn't know that I was terrible at it or that what we were doing was nowhere near actual salsa dancing. They just, we, we get to dance <laughs> with dad, right? Um, yeah. And so what they what they taught me is how to be gentle and that being gentle is okay. Being gentle doesn't mean weak, right? And so that's something that they taught me that was very much a lesson that I needed to learn. And so I'm very, very thankful for that.
0: All right, man, that's, that's great stuff right there, man. And that's why I, I always like to ask the, the girl dads, you know, Mm -hmm. about their experience because it's not something that we often hear about, you know, um, especially in my line of work, you know, dealing with fatherless daughters. Yeah. It's like the other side of the spectrum, you know? So whenever I have a a girl dad on like myself, I definitely like to ask them about, you know, those experiences just to kind of give a a insight, you know, to, to the listeners and and to the, the daughters that may be listening. Um, because I I shared on a on an earlier podcast uh, with one of my guests because I was on I was on her show she was a guest on mm-hmm. my show but I was on her show last year, and we talked about we spent the whole thing the whole thing talking about my relationship with my daughter, and it was mm-hmm. such a good uh, interview that I sent it to my daughter you know nice. so she can listen to it and we were able to have some some good conversations that came out of that. So
1: that's awesome.
0: Just having that experience with my own daughter, I definitely made it a thing like, okay, every time I have a girl dad on, I'm going to ask them, them two questions, you know, and just so to let the daughters know, you know, how much they affect us, you know, how much they do to us, how much they change us, because oftentimes, you know, or sometimes we don't say it as much as we should, you know, like you said earlier, we, we think we know everything but we don't know everything <laughs> when it comes to women so we had that same thing with our what our wives or even our daughters you know mm-hmm. sometimes we don't say i love you enough or we don't right. say i appreciate you enough you know and um especially getting into uh, love languages and all of that when you yeah. learn that love your learn your daughter's love language and you know those words of affirmation may be what she needs to hear so we have to be right. more intentional about you know speaking them into our life. So I, I always love to have, you know, for the dads to give their give their experiences with their daughters. So that being said, <laughs> we're gonna jump right into this. Um but before I ask about um before I ask about your advice, uh about blended families, I was watching Mm -hmm. one of your videos and I seen something that I really did like. So I I shared with you that I, uh, I've been married twice and my second Mm -hmm. marriage, uh, was a blended family. So my, my daughter is my only biological child from Mm -hmm. my first marriage. So when I remarried, uh, my wife had four, uh, sons of her own. So that gave us Mm -hmm. five. And so one of the things I was watching one of your videos and you mentioned about um, someone called you and asked you about uh, just the fact that they were thinking about going into a a blended family and they Mm -hmm. called you and asked you for some advice. And I thought that was so uh, dynamic, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's one thing to say, okay, this is how you do it when you get into it. But it's another thing (laughs) to say, Hey, before you get into it, I think yeah. you need to think about this or whatever. So I thought that was so cool. I probably could have used that, used that phone <laughs> call. myself.
1: <laughs> well, we all could have, we all could have.
0: Yeah. So yeah. this, uh, I don't, I don't know what that conversation was like, but just mm-hmm. for anyone else that is listening, that is thinking about, you know, maybe they're in a relationship, you know, with mm-hmm. someone who has, has a child already. And, you know, they're thinking about going into it. What a, what advice would you give them before even getting into it?
1: Yeah. So I would, I would actually mention a couple of things. And the first one, it may step on a couple people's toes, but you know, as well as I do, if, if we're not, if we're not able to be fully honest with each other, then mm-hmm. it's not worth having the conversation. So the, the first thing that I tell people is this, if you are dating someone who has kids, if you're not committed to wanting to marry that person, if you don't see it going anywhere long term, you need to end it now. Because if you mm-hmm. let that kid get attached to you and it doesn't work out, it's not just you and the other adult that's going to be hurting. It's going right. to be this kid. Right? So the first thing I tell people is if you're, not, if you're not dating with the goal of marriage, you do not need to be dating either as a single parent or you don't need to be dating a single parent. And I know there's probably a lot of people who are going to listen to this and go, "He doesn't know me. He doesn't know you." You're right. I don't know you. I don't know your situation. I am telling you that if you do that, it's it's risking a lot of hurt to your child, and that's just something you need to be aware of. So, if you are dating with a view to marriage, you're think say that you're dating a single parent, or you are a single parent. And you're dating someone, maybe like you. You have a kid or kids, and the person you're dating has a kid or kids, right? Before you get married, there are a few different things you need to talk about. Now, I call these the five different kind of conversations that blended families need to have, right? And and there's lots of different ways to have these conversations, but ultimately they're conversations you need to have early and they're conversations you need to have often. That is, you need to have mm-hmm. them more than once because the situation is going to change, Um So the first thing that I I tell people is you need to talk about blended family dynamics. That is, what are you um, what are you expecting it to be like? What do you you know, are the kids going to live with you? What is the schedule? How are you going to handle those things? What are you going to do about switch over or whatever it may be? you know That's a big one. Another one is just parenting. Are you going to parent your kid and they're going to parent their kids? Are you each going to be responsible? Who's going to be in charge of discipline? Right? You may want to have a conversation about switchover items. What do you keep at your house? What goes back and forth? It's all the very practical stuff because those are things that should be able to be discussed. But mm-hmm. if you don't discuss them, they can become a big deal, much bigger than they could have been or much better than they should have been um, because the, the, the reality is in a blended family. Everything is more complicated. Schedules are more complicated. That's a conversation you need to have. Holidays are more complicated. That's a conversation you need to have, right? Um, Parenting choices. So like we've got teenage daughters. So Mm -hmm. I, I, I tell audience, I'm like, okay. So who decides what your child is allowed to wear? What she's allowed to listen to, what she's allowed to watch, where where she's allowed to go, who she's allowed to hang out with, who she's allowed to date, what kind of device is she allowed to have, what social media is she allowed to have, at what age is she allowed to have these things? These are conversations that if you don't have them early, they're going to get ugly later on. Better to have them now, even if you still disagree, at least you know where everybody stands and you have a starting place. Because the problem is if you wait to have these conversations – the issues are just going to get bigger, and the habits are already going to be formed, and so they're going to be harder to change if they need to be changed. Um, so again, that those are those are the biggest things that I would say is if you are thinking about doing this. One, if you're not if you're not sure you're going to do it, like you need to go because that's you're not helping anybody. Two, if you are if you're planning on getting married, then you need to have these conversations early. And here's why I say you need to repeat them because you mentioned that your older daughter is um, is eighteen. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you've got and you got your your stepkids and stuff. Right. Here's the thing. The conversations you had with your daughter at 15 are not the same ones you're having now that she's 18. Right. Definitely who she is, Who she is at 18 is not who she was at 15. She's older. She's a legal adult now. She's probably getting ready to go to college or into the workforce or into the military mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever she's going to do. Right. All of those are great options, by the way, if you I'm a high school teacher. If you think that everybody has to get a four year degree, I would argue that you're probably mistaken. Okay, college degrees are great, but they're not they're not the end all be all. I just feel the need to mention that. Um, But the thing is, when my kids were seven and ten, those are different conversations than when my kids are 17 and about to be 15. Like those are that's not the same. They're not the same kids. We're not talking about princess dresses and tea parties. We're not talking about cartoons on television. We're not talking about bedtimes. We're talking about college and cars and jobs. And so you need to have these conversations every six months or a year, because just when you think you've got it figured out, the kid is now older (laughs) and the equation has changed. And so the conversation has got to be different and And, that's hard.
0: Yeah. And I I like what you said, because two things that I, I definitely can can touch on myself. -hmm. Um with even having those conversations, especially when they're younger, because your idea of of parenting, first talking about parenting, your idea of parenting may not match their idea of parenting. Correct. In fact, it probably
1: won't. It probably won't.
0: In my experience, right? So my I was raised in a two-parent household. Okay. Right. So I was blessed to have my mom and my dad under the same roof my entire life. You know, uh, unfortunately, my wife wasn't. So her her viewpoint of what a father is and that relationship between a father and a son, even a father, you know, stepfather, stepson, have you want to look at it. It's Mm -hmm. completely different from mine. You know,
1: yeah, absolutely. (laughs) She doesn't
0: have the experience to draw from. You know, I'm I'm one of nine kids and the oldest of four boys you know so i got the dad and mom under the same roof i got firsthand what it's like to be raised by a father raising boys and then yeah. also that father relationship with girls you know i have that unfortunately my wife didn't have that so our our definitions and our our styles of parenting was different you know and then uh, also the another thing that we need to definitely that I like that you said that we have to think about is if you're not, if you already know you're not in it for the long haul, right? Right. Definitely. You want to rethink it because it definitely would have an impact on the child, whichever way it goes, it's going to have an impact. And especially if you are a person like myself who loves children so that's part of my personality anyway i'm going to interact with the child i'm going to try to build a good rapport and good relationship with the child but now if things don't work out or if i'm already one foot in and one foot out you right. know now that's another person that's leaving that child's life depending yeah. on the relationship that ch- that child has with his other parent his or her yeah. other parent you know yeah. because as dealing with fatherless daughters I know firsthand that all the time the fathers don't stick around, you know? So yeah. if that's the case and now I'm one foot in, one foot out, and then I decide to step all the way out again, yeah. how does that leave the child? What yes. kind of more, you know, uh, uh, pressure or more hurt that that puts on the child for the long run? And, and, and I'm glad that you said that because I don't think a lot of people, I, I know I didn't even think about it, you know, beforehand. I did think about it a little bit because, When I uh, got married, my daughter was like seven. So Mm -hmm. it was a reality to me of what that relationship would look like, you know, for my daughter, you know, with her stepmom. And I was blessed, too, um, that the fact that they have a wonderful, a wonderful uh, relationship, Um, even so now as my daughter Mm -hmm. is 18, you know, they have conversations that I don't even know about. Right. You know? Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. I get a text message and be like, uh, daughter called me today. And, you know, we was on the phone for however long. And I'm like, oh, she didn't even call me. You know? right.
1: <laughs> yeah. But but that's so, wonderful that you're able to have that. Like, I just I, I I applaud you and I'm impressed that you're able to have that kind of relationship, not just you, but your daughter and and your ex, because that's huge, because just like daughters need dads, daughters mm-hmm. need moms and they need that mother figure. And, you know, that's not to bash biological moms by any stretch, but if your daughter can have a relationship with another adult woman who is good for her, you know, who's a good example, like that's a good thing. So I'm really glad that you're, that you're able to have that kind of relationship and that your daughter is able to have that kind of relationship. That's wonderful.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I'm, I know how blessed I am and how blessed my daughter is for that relationship. So I always Mm -hmm. make sure you know, I tell her that I'm grateful that they yeah. they have that relationship, and I speak on it as as often as I can because it's, mm-hmm. it's not uh, it's not as common, you know, as it should be. You know right. what I'm saying? And just the fact that it it exists, mm-hmm. you know, I just I like to mention it because it, to give somebody hope, you That's know, it. It, yes. it doesn't have to be, you know, whether you're together or not you know, like we have been talking about that relationship with that child is still going to be affected. And so mm-hmm. even like you said, even with, with your mom and your stepdad not being together, but you mm-hmm. guys still having that, that relationship, yeah. you know, it's like, man, that's, that's so important. So I, I definitely always praise her, uh yep. um you know, her stepmom for that, for them keeping that relationship and her even having that kind of effect in her life that she even Mm -hmm. feel comfortable enough to keep that relationship alive, especially as a young adult, you know, so I'm, I'm definitely uh, grateful about that. So, um, one of the things I I wanted to ask you about is when we, when we think about, uh, the blended family, and I know that there is, uh, several hurdles, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that they face, what do you think would be, or just, what are some of the hurdles that a, a person or persons now they're in? Cause we talked about before you get in it, but I say, mm-hmm. okay, now you're in it. You yeah. know what I mean? So what, what is something that, you know, they need to look out for once they get in it, once they're, they already in whether married or not, but they are in this relationship. Right. These families have been introduced to each other. The kids have been introduced. You know, you've been introduced, introduced to her child. She's been introduced to, to you. You know, mm-hmm. so now we're here. What is right. something or some things that, you know, someone in that position may want to pay attention to?
1: So unfortunately, with blended families, Murphy's Law often takes effect, right? Murphy's Law, mm-hmm. anything that can <laughs> go wrong will go wrong. Right, right. Um, in blended families, there are a lot of things that can trip people up. Um, and it starts with your relationship with the person that you're in. Right. Um, because both of you bring baggage to the relationship. If you've been married before, you bring married baggage. If you haven't been married before, you bring single baggage. But everybody brings baggage. They bring hurt from the past. Uh, they bring their own viewpoint of what they think the relationship would look like and whatever it may be. The problem is in a blended family, all of that is multiplied by however many relationships you've got in the past plus whatever kids you may be bringing into it so that's difficult Uh, another one is the kids themselves however many kids you're bringing into it whether it's yours or theirs or or y'all's or whatever it may be um even in first marriages children are one of the leading causes of divorce that is disagreements about children i should say Mm -hmm. right a lot of the same kind of thing can happen in blended families i've got um A couple good friends, David and um, uh, Lori Sims, they run an organization called Nacho Parenting, right? And it's it's a way to help (laughs) blended families that are really struggling take a step back and disengage from some of the conflict so that they can then be better spouses because better spouses then help them become better parents especially yeah. to their stepchildren, um, because that, that's one of the hard parts, too, um, is depending on the age of your kids, they may more easily blend or they may not want to blend at all. Right. It, it, and you may have seen it with with your daughter, depending on how old they are or the relationship you have with them, they may really like their new step parent. They may really not. And there may not be anything you can do about it. And that's really hard. Right. It's hurtful, for the step parent, because they're thinking here I am trying to love a child that right. I'm choosing to love, and and they're not reciprocating. And that's really hurtful. Yes, it is. You're exactly right. I'm sure that's very hurtful. And as a biological parent, you're thinking, why is my daughter or my son treating this adult that I love not well? Right. And and they may be doing that for a whole host of reasons. Mm-hmm. And and so those are difficulty. And that's not even to mention issues with an ex. Right. Because if you're trying to parent with someone that you are no longer in a close relationship with, it's very easy for one of the phrases I use all the time is hurting people hurt people. Right. So if you are hurting from your relationship that is now ended, it's very tempting to want to try to get back at the other adult by parenting your kid in a certain way. And right. it's, very, it's very easy to delude ourselves and go, well, I'm not trying to get back at my ex. I just want my daughter or son to be X, Y, and Z. Well, yeah, but if the way that you're trying to make them X, Y, and Z is purposefully done in a way that you know is going to hurt your ex, then right. you're, you're using that kid as a pawn on a chessboard. And that's not what we're called to be as parents. As parents, we're not called to win. We're not called to get our way. We are not called to to be the favorite, we are called to raise our children the best that we can. And that means not acting out of our own pain. And so right now I'm sure some of your listeners are cursing me and they're going, you just don't even know how bad he or she hurt me, (laughs) right? You're correct, I don't know how badly they hurt you. I'm sorry for how badly they hurt you. I don't know the details. What I do know is your kids need you to be healthy and whole and happy, which is exactly what you said at the beginning. Right. Mm -hmm. Your kids need you to be that so you can raise them well. If you are constantly hurting and constantly trying to get back at your ex, you're not raising your kids as well as you should. And if that means you hate me because I said that out loud, that's okay. You can hate me. I mean I mean this nicely, but like you can take a number. There are lots of people that already don't like me. That's okay. I I, I teach high school for a living. Okay, I don't I'm I'm not (laughs) concerned about if everybody loves me
0: you but, but it's, it's true what you're what you're speaking about and and I know um, one of the things is especially when you're when you're dealing with your children mm-hmm. and you have a, a spouse or or ex should I say that's really it's not even so much about them trying to get back at you uh, personally sometimes but it's just that they don't want the new person yeah. to have you know what they wanted or what yeah. they used to have. It's very yeah. It's very
1: easy to get resentful because you think they're either trying to take your place, mm -hmm. or you're jealous because it's like, wait a minute, why didn't you treat me that way?
0: Right, right. Why didn't we have that?
1: Yeah. And those are those are valid questions to ask.
0: Right, right. But what happens sometimes is because that's how you feel, Mm -hmm. you know, you either normally or unknowingly put those same thoughts. Yeah. You know, into your child, depending on how you how you're raising them. And it yeah. becomes an issue, you yes. know, or could become an issue in, in the relationship. And I know one of the things that I uh, having some issues early on with, with my daughter and her stepmom, I had to tell her, you know what? Listen, don't even worry about what's being said or what, who said what, whatever. What you have to focus on is how you treat that kid, because yeah. that kid is not going to always be the same age. That kid is not going to always be at that same mature level, you know. And one thing that they always will remember, no matter who says what, they're going to remember how you treated them and how you made them feel. And when they get old enough to voice their own opinion, then they will say, hey, I know this is what this person said, but this is how they made me feel. You know, and and that was one of the things that I, I myself used in in my relationship with my stepsons, and you know i encourage you know uh uh, my daughter's stepmom to do the same thing like that's what we're going to focus on we're going to focus on how we run this house and how we treat our how we treat each other and how we treat the kids because when it's all said and done and we're old and gray and they're older and getting grayer you know they're going to remember how they was treated in the midst yeah. of everything else. And that's what's going to that's what's going to uh, stand in the end. So, um, Joe, so, okay, so we know that those are a couple of things that they need to look out for, but yep. there's a yin and a yang to everything. Mm-hmm. So if those are some of the things that they need to look out for, what would you say are some of the, the pillars that help to strengthen blended family?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question because it's important to, to know the, the, the warning signs. It's also important to know, okay, so what should we build on? And uh, so I love that you asked that. I would say that there's two big pillars that I really like to share with people. And I mentioned one of them earlier a little bit. The first one is you want to be the adult that you want your kid to become, right? Mm-hmm. Be the adult you want your kid to become. I've never met a parent who said, I want my kid to be bitter And I want them to be snarky and I want them to be disrespectful and I want them to be rude and spiteful and irresponsible. I've never met a parent who said, I've been teaching for, this is my 16th year in the classroom. I've never had a parent say those things to me about their child. As parents, we want our kids to be happy and healthy. We want them to be respectful. We want them to be responsible. We want them to be, uh, to have integrity. We want them to be, you know, contributing members of society, however you choose to define that. That's what we want our kids to be. That means you need to be that to show your kid what it looks like. If you want your kid to be loving, you need to be loving. If you want your kid to be kind, you need to be kind. If you want your child to know you don't have to respond in anger just because someone treats you badly, then you need to show them you don't have to respond in anger just because someone treats you badly. If you want your kid to know if someone is rude to you, you don't have to be rude back to them. Then you need to show them that and and let me be the first to say i have failed at this as a parent plenty of times there and i'm sure a lot of your listeners can can think of specific times there have been plenty of times when my daughters have said things and my first thought was well that was kind of rude why would you say that and my immediate second thought was oh crap i said that 6 months ago <laughs> or a year ago right crap and and that's that's why it's so important that we set good examples because our kids are learning a lot more by watching us than they are by listening to us lecture them. So that's the yeah. first pillar is be the adult you want your kids to become. And the second pillar is you need to remember the golden rule from your childhood and mm-hmm. treat other people the way that you want to be treated, right? Not the way they treated you. Don't respond in anger if they are angry at you. Don't respond by hurting them if they hurt you. We Look, we teach kindergartners just because someone hits you doesn't mean you have to hit back. Just because they called you a name doesn't mean you have to call them a name back. But it's like when we become adults and we get hurt, we forget all of that. It's like we think we're the one exception to the rule of treat other people the way you want to be treated. Well, you don't know what they did. You're you're right. I don't know what they did. What I know is if you respond the same way, you're teaching your child a lesson you don't actually want them to learn. That's what's happening, right? And so it's important for us to remember why uh, – why we need to set a good example for our kids, why we need to remember the golden rule. Those two pillars. If you can just focus on those two things, you're going to you're going to be heading in a great direction, right? If you can consciously step back and say, oh, "Okay, so even though my ex did this or even though, you know, my ex did that, the right response is to be loving and to be respectful and to be kind." If I can do that and let my kid see that I did that. Again, you're not doing it to show off, but if I can do that and my kid sees me doing that, that's a much better example. That's a much more powerful, impactful example for my child. And we need to make sure that we're living those kinds of things out.
0: Yeah. And, and, and like you said, it, we have to remember, and I know it's been is said all the time, but you know, people will watch what you do more so than what you say. Absolutely. And our, our kids are definitely the, the same way. And I remember when I had Yana on, uh, mm-hmm. and one of the things that she talked about, so Yana is a fatherless daughter who works as a coach with fathers who are reconnecting with their daughters after some right. time. And okay. one of the things, she, she wrote a book, and I I del- highly recommend it for anybody uh, who who is uh, looking into it. But in this book, one of the questions that she asks the fathers to consider is, "Who are you going to be in front of your daughter?" Mm-hmm. And she emphasizes not just who 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 do you want them to see as far as you, but how do you want them to see it? So not Absolutely. just the not just the relationship between you and them, but also the relationship with you and other people. Like how do you treat the people around you? When you're in your daughter's presence, you know, not just how you treat her, you might treat her right, but then be snobby with the waiter. Like, no, what, what example are you, what example are you setting? So you have, just like you said, you have to be who you want your child to see on all occasions, all the way around, Mm -hmm. you know, exactly who it is that you want them to be. You have to, you have to model that and not just say it because we speak a lot of things with our mouths, but our actions always give us away. You know, right. so we may yep. say one thing, and this is how we feel, and this is what I believe, but then my actions is is, is doing the contrary. Yeah. So yeah, yep. we have, we have to make. So I definitely I, I like those two, and uh, so I got one more question, and this is this one is kind of I- important to me because it was something that I I made sure that I did um, in the lives of my stepsons, mm-hmm. and that is making room for the biological parent. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I was uh, definitely intentional about, uh, especially after I got married, was because we are now under the same roof. So it's now me, my daughter, my wife and our sons, you know. Right. But I've made it a point to them and to her that I'm here to do my role as a husband. And as a father figure, I don't like really saying stop stepfather, but just as a father figure. Yeah. But I know that my role uh, would not be necessary if their biological father was here. So therefore, I'm always make sure to leave that door open,
1: Mm -hmm. you know, for him
0: as whenever he comes, whenever he shows up. Hey, when you're you're here now. Take your time. This is your time to be with your sons. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I wanted to make sure that my relationship with him was good. My yeah. relationship with them was good and that they know as well as I know I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to be right. a figure. I'm going to be here every day. But I am not here to take the place of your father. Yeah. I'm yeah. just here to help until he comes. You yeah. Know what I mean, yeah, so,
1: I, I think that's wonderful. I think that's awesome. I love love your willingness to do that, and I love how conscious you were and purposeful you were about telling them that because that allows them to feel safe because they don't have to wonder where is my loyalty supposed to go, right? They know dad is always going to be dad, but they also know that you are there if they need you. You are there to help. You are there to to help raise them. You're there to encourage them. You're there to h- gently hold them accountable when you need to. But dad is still dad. And I think that's really, I, I love that. I, I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm impressed that you're able to do that. And I love your commitment to that because that's one of those things that um, if you haven't been through it, it's hard for people to understand just how important that is to those boys. So I love that. I think that's awesome. Well done.
0: Yeah, thank you, thank you, and 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 like I said, I, it, it comes from me again being raised under the same roof mm-hmm. with my dad, you right, know? and, and knowing how and,
1: important that relationship is,
0: right, and and that's that's exactly my point because my my dad raised four boys, mm-hmm. right, and so now I have these four stepsons, right. and again, I'm a, I'm unfortunately a stepdad for a reason because there mm-hmm. was some kind of disconnect between their biological father and their mom, you know, so now I I have to step in, but me knowing that relationship and how important that relationship is of a father and a son or a father figure and a a mentor or whatever, but just that male uh, influence on, on your life and how important that is, I wanted to make sure that I was number one, filling that gap and being that person, but leaving enough room for the dad to come in when he, you know, when he, when I was around, and I wanted right. to make sure that that was that was known because, like you said, you don't want the child to feel like they have to choose size, you know, because you can have you can be the the best, you know, step parent in the world, and that child still feels torn between, you know, I want to love you, I see what you're doing for me, I see how you treat me, I see how you treat my mom, and it's great, but at right. the same time. My dad is over here. Yeah, dad you know, is still dad, and I don't yep. want to have to choose, you
1: yeah. know. And so I,
0: I was very intentional about letting them know: no, you don't have to choose. I'm going to do my part, right. you know, but definitely be loyal yeah. to your father, be loyal to your yeah. parents, and yep. there's no hard feelings because you're supposed yeah. to, you know yeah. what I mean. And so I, I was very in- intentional about that, and so I, mm-hmm. I just like to, you know, speak on that because I I want other people to to know it's possible. You know, yeah. and that's—I believe—that's the right way to do it. You know, you mm-hmm. leave that door open for that biological parent to be able to be a parent. You yes. know, you—yeah, you're, because you're not in
1: competition with them, right? Yeah, and, right. And, and 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 like you said, it's important for them to know that it's good for you to still be loyal to your biological parents. It's good for you to love them. I want you to love them. You need to love them, and I'm here to help with that not to get in the way of that. I just, man, right. that you can't overstate how big a deal that is. I just, I think that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So Joe, man, I, um, I definitely, definitely appreciate you being on, man. I definitely appreciate your, your wisdom and your knowledge. Um, I'm going to give you this the last, uh, you can have the last say. So tell us um, your social media handles, uh, whatever, where we can find you at. And if you have a a word of encouragement or a last word to leave us with, the floor is yours.
1: I appreciate it. So, yeah, you can find me. I'm on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn under my name. It's Joel W. Hallbaker. Um, and you're not going to find a lot of other Hallbakers out there. So if you search for Joel over your Hallbaker, you'll probably find me. Um, you can find my 10 CBF podcast on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find my podcast as well. I've got a couple different websites. Uh, one of them is called stepdadding.com. Uh, Again, I'm not a stepdad. I didn't start the website, but the guy who did was a stepdad, and then he asked me to take it over a couple years ago. There are so many good resources on that website. We have a free online course for blended families. We've got tons of articles. We've got all kinds of stuff there. Um, If you're interested in my speaking presentations, go to my other website. It's joelwhallbaker.com. Um, And there you can see the information about the presentations and that kind of stuff. Um, But I would love to connect with any of your listeners if they got questions or if they just want to find some of the encouraging stuff that I post for step families, uh, blended families, please come and do that. Um, So I was raised in the church. I'm an outspoken Christian. And so a lot of things that I share come from that standpoint. It doesn't mean you have to be a Christian for these things to work. But I think it's important to share. That's where my heart is. That's where I come from. Um, that's why I call my podcast, The Ten Commandments for Ten to, uh, for Blended Families. That's where everything comes from. Um, one of my favorite quotes that I love to leave people with is this. It's, it's from The Lord of the Rings uh, by J.R.R. Tolkien, which is my favorite book of all time. And he says this, all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. Right? And I love that quote. We get We all get 24 hours a day. We get seven days a week. What you do with it shapes your life. The choices you make, how you spend your time, those things shape your life and they influence the lives of the other people that you're around, specifically your spouse and your kids. So if things aren't where you want them to be, you've got to change how you spend your time, right? All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. Uh, Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure being on here. Thank you. It's been an honor. I've had a great time. And uh, I would love to have you on my podcast at some point so we need to we need to make sure we make that happen as well so thank you very much for having me on your on your show
0: oh no problem no problem I, I definitely will be reaching out to you because I definitely you know like to uh, spread myself around I guess you could say <laughs> Absolutely so again, I, I thank you I thank you though, Joe. Joe I definitely uh, Appreciate you being on Todd and listeners I thank you guys For hanging out with us and, and listening Again This is the Deal to Heal With E. James Podcast I'm your host Ernest James And I am on a mission To help people To deal Heal And fulfill To deal with your problems To heal from the pain And to fulfill Your purpose So until next time I will see you Later Hey, guys, I know you're enjoying the podcast. However, don't forget to join our text line at 866-326-0730. That's 866-326-0730 in order to receive text messages with new events and things that is going on and new episodes as they release. All right. See you in a minute. Thanks for listening to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. Remember to listen, like, subscribe, and share. This episode has been brought to you by Deal to Heal Teas. Put some inspiration in your situation. Wear an inspirational tea and be inspired all day. Let's go to Deal to Heal Teas. Remember, our mission is to help you to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for listening.